0: Welcome to Pyers and Swirling Unwired, a daily discussion about business technology and current events around the world. Featuring Tim Pyers, a career software, privacy and mobile communication pro, and Ben Swerling, a leading professional in digital health and healthcare technology. This program is casual and non-rehearsed and may feature occasional guests, or recorded interviews. Let's join Jim and Ben now.
1: Welcome to Unwired, show number 10, March 2nd, 2020. I'm Jim Pyers from Escondido, California.
2: And I'm Ben Sperling from Point Loma, California.
1: Hey, Ben, how's it going, man?
2: Excellent, Jim. Um, Although the viewers did not know, or listeners didn't know it, this is our second try at this podcast. We've had some technical difficulties earlier, so I'm glad we're able to Get back onto the horse right away and uh, attack this today, tonight. I should it was, say.
1: It was a glitch. It was a glitch. <laughs> <laughs> last week was um, was really interesting on many fronts. So, I, you know, I wanted to take time out. Um, you and I can analyze and share our thoughts on Qualcomm's media event um, that took place last week. It's interesting because the reason they did this press event in San Diego it's it's as far as I know it's one of the first was because the cancel cancellation of Mobile World Congress in Barcelona due to the latest flu outbreak and out of abundance of caution they they canceled what is you know an annual event it's a very large global event that's been going on for 25 years I probably went to 15 of those things in my illustrious career. I'm sure you were there a few times as well, and so it's a a big deal to have that thing canceled.
2: It it is pretty interesting that they did cancel it. I mean, they do have a a larger global population or or members that, that show up at it from, you know, Asian countries, so where the coronavirus is, you know, has a higher concentration, at least at the moment so i kind of understand it now we are seeing a lot more domestic conferences being canceled too which i find pretty fascinating uh, especially one that i'm going to be going to next week which is the hymns conference which is the largest healthcare it show Um, so pretty interesting that they're considering canceling although as of right now it has not been canceled there has been some prime you know vendors or exhibitors that have that have backed out such as salesforce.com um, Cisco's backed out um, but the core the core players in the in the market have not so uh, it's still on
1: you got to think the healthcare folks can handle this because <laughs> if yeah. they can't who can right,
2: right exactly and and that's the thing they're putting out messages they' you know have set out an external board of advisors to help coach them and make recommendations. but as of right now it's it's on and um, Donald Trump's supposed to speak on Monday and I think the, the Secretary yeah. of Health and Human Services is speaking also at him so um, you know I guess that bolsters the conference competence. That uh, everything's going to be fine. Uh, that those two. Well, ben, are- I,
1: I'm expecting some live reporting from Orlando, <laughs> and also, you know, at least one podcast out of you.
2: So I, I, I maybe I should wear one of those uh, cameras. You're a journalist, that- man. You're yes.
1: a journal. Come yes. on, dude. Uh,
2: I'll All wear right, a body camera.
1: No, that'll be great in having you there. Um, you know, having some some boots on the ground. Uh, will be really interesting because I want to see what's going on there and who showed up and who didn't. And you know, I've I've been to Hims quite a few times uh, myself, so that's a, that is a it's a very large show, so it'll be interesting.
2: Well, um, back I'm, to the 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 topic of the day, which is this uh, Qualcomm press event, um, which is interesting, like you said, in San Diego for the first time. Um, as disclosure to our listeners, both you and I have worked for Qualcomm, uh, worked for Qualcomm in the past, and um, you know may own a few shares, but I doubt that uh, is going to bias our reporting here or our discussion, just because uh, it, it's not not going to make us rich.
1: No, we do not qualify as institutional investors in this case. I don't think
2: we do not.
1: <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I you and I both uh, you know watched the event. Uh, I found it really interesting. It was also interesting that while it was streaming, not that many people were paying attention. And of course, this was not planned. So this was essentially an unplanned event that was caused due to the cancellation of MWC that I think they spent a lot of money, Qualcomm did, in putting their ecosystem partners together. And then of course, you know, building all the demos and all the the content for the show. And then, so I think this was their attempt to utilize all that hard work they put in. Um, but there was not a lot of attention garnered at the event, which was a little bit of a shame. And I, I checked today on YouTube, the videos only had 1700 views, um, and that was a week ago. So I thought we could attempt to kind of deconstruct what happened, um, provide highlights from the event, and in you know all fairness to Qualcomm, maybe we can generate some more interest in, because I think there was some really outstanding content in this event. There were some things that I learned that I really found interesting, especially on the carrier side of things. It was also very, we'll get into this, but it was very interesting who wasn't part of their ecosystem partner um, list. And really, what, there really, was only one carrier there and not your traditional kind of carrier. So we're going to talk about that a lot.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. I think, you know, I, I don't know to be true, but it seems like, I mean, I wasn't aware of this event either. And I have a feed that tells me daily on certain companies, you know, press releases. I didn't see this or miss this. So maybe many others did miss this. Uh, maybe that's why there's such a low hit rate, I guess, on on, on viewership on YouTube, um, but I think after viewing it, after you 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 told me it was here or available, um, after viewing it, I was pretty impressed with the ecosystem partners that were there, and so I'd love for you to kind of tell our audience about, you know, you know, the big dogs that were there.
1: Yeah, let's do that, and so I've, I've made some clips, so let's listen to the first clip, and we'll that'll take us into who's there and, and why and so this is christio Cristiano amon kind of kicking off his portion and uh let's let's have a let's have a listen to Cristiano it, 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 and
2: uh, it, it Cristiano's president of qualcomm that's correct
3: we have a lot of exciting announcements for you today and we're going to talk about the overall state of 5g what what has uh happened in 2019 what is coming in 2020 and how we continue to evolve this great technology that is going to impact so many industries and actually transform not only how we do, you know, everything connected with the cloud and our mobile devices, but also it's going to transform the future networks and the future of the internet. We have great partners and industry leaders with us today, companies from Ericsson, Samsung, Facebook, Microsoft, Rakuten, So with that, let's get started. So now you heard the list.
1: Yep. And the list was interesting, especially since, you know, there weren't any of what I would call the traditional operators mentioned. And infrastructure, they mentioned Ericsson, and Rakuten is a very special kind of new operator. And we're going to, in a later portion of the show today, we're going to talk about what's what they do which is an open scalable virtual ran which is a uh, radio access network. So we're going to talk about that more. But but I thought first we'd kind of go through um, that list. So so let's let's think about you know obviously Samsung is for the mobile phone. Yep. Oh, clearly.
2: And, oh, and 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 Samsung has always been a very large Qualcomm partner, right? Absolutely. I mean so
3: and they the, just the, launched
1: the, s20 they were yep. pitching the s20 so so dr. lee was on stage uh, i got a few comments about his his notes but he he was definitely pitching you know their new 5g only phone which is the s20
2: what i find interesting about this this whole industry especially qualcomm is qualcomm has a lot of competition. Where they're supplying either intellectual property licenses or chips, uh, modems, et cetera, to companies that may make substantially similar products. They just aren't as good for the different use case they need it, or they may have part of the solution. So it's really interesting. I mean, both Samsung and Apple fall into that category
1: oh yeah big time and you know it's it's funny you know as as much as sam's as as much as samsung was in the forefront oh sorry about that got a little glitch no but what i was gonna say is that that um it's very interesting in the um the fact that you know as much as samsung is mentioned Apple is not mentioned at all. And, you know, that the, Apple's very secretive, but yeah, we that. know that those two companies are competing with Qualcomm. Both of them make modems. Um, it is interesting that in the flagship phone, because uh, Samsung does have a 5G modem, but they, right. they did use Qualcomm technology in their flagship device. Um, and but, there's some good reasons for that, which we're yeah, get I mean, to.
2: It's interesting because there's always some horse trading that goes on, right? Um, Where Qualcomm will use, you know, their fabricator, right? Or, you know, they'll leverage each other's, you know, they'll use a certain piece of technology. So Qualcomm will buy or vice versa. So they have a very kind of almost ancestral tight knit partnership where, and I think the The Apple one, the Apple relationship versus the Samsung relationship with Qualcomm is just much different.
3: Definitely. Um, uh,
2: And and
1: Samsung, in fact, is a licensee. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Um, That's that's a pretty big deal. Um,
2: Yes, definitely. When I you know kind of deconstruct Qualcomm's revenue model for our audience, so they understand. You know how qualcomm makes money um but getting back to the point of who who else was there um facebook is always a curious one I think, <laughs> for people when they.
1: I I, I I agree and you know you kind of you, what you heard a lot in this event was th- there's a lot of mentioning of the cloud thus mm-hmm. microsoft in the house but microsoft was they're mostly pitching the connected PC? Um, there, there, in in their session, it was mostly about these new um, always on, always connected laptops and notebooks that um, that are now Snapdragon enabled. That was the big push, but obviously Microsoft has a, you know the real play in the cloud with with Azure. So. Yeah. That was interesting, but you're right. Facebook is kind of like, huh? But there's they seem to be a really important partner of Qualcomm and they made some interesting claims during their section, one of which is you know, they have the largest messaging platform on the planet, which is which was one of their claims, and they have the largest video platform on the planet. They both they made both of those claims. The first one, I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." You know, with with all the with uh, Instagram and WhatsApp and in the Facebook messaging, you know, yeah, it's probably a quite a handful of users. But I was like, the video, I was thinking bigger than YouTube. Uh, right. You know, I was, and you know, maybe it is. That was their claim, but yeah, I, uh, that,
2: that claim surprised me too. I mean, that's the first time I've heard that. But uh, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: But their their big thing was, uh, you know, XR, AR VR, that yeah. that's going to change the the way everyone uses this platform and interacts in social media. And, you know, I'm not sure I really see that, but it does make sense. They've you know, they made some large acquisitions in AR VR and they're spending a lot of money. They've built a platform. Um, which they've which they've rolled out, and they, you know, they think it's going to change the world. So, uh, what the, the platform is called, called Quest. So it's the Facebook XR platform. I think they just launched it at the end of the year, and it's a. They said they couldn't have done it without, you know, counting on the network infrastructure changing to 5G. In other words, this thing is going to be used. You just put it on. There's no tethers. There's no wires. There's no, um, you know, local connections. Uh, So so
2: So it's got a modem modem in the glasses then.
1: uh, It's got to, right? And so I I haven't seen it myself, but um, I'm just seeing what they were presenting and how this, basically this solution fundamentally depends on the network is how they described
2: it all right so that makes a lot of sense for i mean why why not go to the industry leader in 5g technology
1: yeah and and then you know again back to samsung that was pretty obvious but they were they were pitching that um they were pitching that camera is the most important thing in their device and the reason they need 5g and every s20 has 5g is they have this they have these just amazing cameras that ship in this new device that they can do, you know, 4K and 8K, and and take these massive, uh, you know, dense photos and um, and add filters and do all these things. And so there, you know, Dr. Lee was basically claiming that you know you just can't do all these things on a on a 4G network. It's going to require these. You know, the, the, the standalone 5G capabilities.
2: Oh, it's so, a massive amount of data that needs to be pushed through. So, yeah, 4G is not going to cut it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've the got, latency, um, I guess, the latency alone, on, yeah,
2: yeah, Yeah, latency on all this, especially AR, VR, you can't have that or you're going to get this really disjointed experience that would probably give you motion sickness.
1: Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, 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 those were the partners. Now, and, and I, I'm going to talk more about Rakuten lately. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct correctly. It's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Rakuten. Don't
2: it's worry. Somebody, somebody, somebody from their company will reach out to you and, and smack <laughs> you upside the head. Yeah, uh, somebody for, the for their name. Yeah,
1: take care of us. Yeah. But rack ten is really they they were there kind of representing the carrier side, and they have an open virtual ran. It's it, it's uh, could be very disruptive. And if if you think about how previous Gs rolled out, you know it was you, you had a massive base station and a large tower. You know you had to get land permits, and you had the whole NIMBY problem. You know not in my backyard kind of thing. And so car- carriers had a real challenge to to roll out these networks in a lot of ways, and and you know putting up a macro cell, I've I, I've just heard this anecdotally, but it you know it's like a week long process. Well, supposedly with this um, this open 5G solution that Rakuten has created, um, they can roll out a micro cell. They they were saying in a matter of like. You know, once they install the hardware, which is basically some antennas, you don't need all this hardware like you do um, in the current generation. It's a software-defined um, network. Effectively, you can roll these things out in like uh, a half hour, <laughs>
2: ten minutes. Wow. wow, that's crazy. It's yeah. really crazy. So, yeah, that. What I think I found, and you you kind of noted it interesting is that AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, yeah. T-Mobile. these are big partners uh, of of Qualcomm, right, Indeed. from an operator, operating yep. a network, just so folks know, operating a network, uh, they're the consumer uh, facing, you know, service provider, none of them mentioned, and and all of those are big customers of theirs.
1: Oh, and all of them seem to be behind 5G. You know, you never know what's oh, yeah. behind the curtain, but
2: yeah, I, I just wonder. Like, was that done on purpose? Was that done because um, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to pick one and alienate the other, uh, you know, their other partners? Um, was it that AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile, you know, they weren't those guys weren't ready, you know, to present, you know. 5g and and I don't know that that seems really weird you would think they would be um, those, are all good,
1: those are good questions and you know a simple answer might be if this was all set up for Barcelona and Spain yeah maybe maybe just you know local US carriers aren't that interesting to have on the docket you know you want the global operators um, you know and may, maybe these U.S. carriers don't necessarily fall into that category, so they just weren't—they weren't planned as part of the the Spain show. Yeah. Therefore, they, you know, when it got moved back to the to the U.S., they just couldn't pull it together. I, I don't know. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's it is curious to say. Yeah, most. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I don't think there's anything nefarious. It's just you know, because all of them have their own five G message that's out there, right? Um. Well, that's, you know, that's
1: another good point. Maybe you've got some conflicting messages there. Yeah,
2: yeah, I bet you there are. Um, one of the other things I think is interesting is um, Qualcomm and their ecosystem of partners. And, and Qualcomm can't do this alone. It's always Qualcomm and their ecosystem of partners, right, um, to drive you know use cases and success. Um, I thought it interesting that they got aggressive and they said, we're going to pull in 5g launch a year. Right. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's Herculean. I don't think people once they're really in the industry can under, can appreciate what that really means, but to pull in a launch a year of something so complex with networks and deployments and software and partnerships, it's outstanding
1: it is outstanding but what you see is that they uh, especially in their in their chipset products they made some uh what i would call they made some decisions that are a bit odd unless you put it in the context of they were trying to push everything up a year and you see that with their new announcement on the um on the latest Snapdragon, the eight thirty-five, I think it's the X sixty now, um, is the is the modem. It, it, it's it's actually what it should have been when they launched. So you can see that yeah, it, it's what's needed actually to scale this out. So, and they are you know they're coming to the party with it now, which is really important. But I think you make a great point, which is to push it. They had to make some tough decisions if they were going to. Push it up a year, and, and that's what they did.
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, the thing about it is, you—it's early days, and they knew that initial chipset wasn't going to be widely deployed. But they needed to prove five G and what it could pull off, and they were able to accomplish that with their early modems and you know early chipset, right? In five G, you know now they can refine it, and and really no harm, no foul on this one, I don't think. I think it's what you need to do early days.
1: Well, I agree. Well, let's let's play another clip. I think we touched on a lot of those things. This next clip is interesting. Um, I, I want to get your take on this. Let's have a listen to Cristiano as he's, as he's kind of setting up what Qualcomm's role is. I think you touched on the ecosystem part of it where Qualcomm's relying heavily on partnership. But it, it is interesting how he frames it up here. So check this out.
3: Uh, Qualcomm is the undisputed leader in 5G but that is the result of more than two decades developing fundamental inventions and technology that are at the basis of the 5G and the reason we are leader is because we have this belief that not one company can do everything it's really about partner and collaborating with other industry leaders as you're going to see today as we can build an ecosystem we have been developing breakthrough technologies in connectivity and computing NRF RF to fuel the five G commercialization. And with that process, we also have the world's best, most valuable patent portfolio and licensing business for over eight five G license agreements today. All right, yeah. so that's, there's that's a few interesting points yeah. there. Oh yeah, go ahead, you start
1: no well you t- i want to hear your take so just just one thing i want to do note uh Cristiano's pronunciation on a few things ha- left me um shake you know scratching my head a couple of times so he is when what sounds like words first is worlds first i believe <laughs> and, and then yeah and he's he said ultra but but he says it like ultra so so there's, there's a couple things in there just if it's hard to understand, I mean, it, it got me too. So, so yep. he's saying the world's first, uh, well, I believe.
2: Well, you, you, you and Cristiano both use the word ecosystem. I've always said ecosystem, but I guess it's potato, potato, right? Tomatoes, tomatoes.
1: Uh, yeah. But he does. But, he does bring up licensing,
2: which yes, he does. So that that's really what I want to touch on. Okay. This is this is Qualcomm's bread and butter, um, and for the average consumer they have i mean first off most consumers don't even know the qualcomm name right qualcomm has never been the the marketing consumer marketing engine like a qualcomm or a qualcomm inside like intel had in, intel inside um they've just been the powerhouse in innovation and they do an amazing job in Creating this culture of invention. I went through the process in uh, when I worked there. Um, I had an idea, um, and they, you know, I had to submit my idea through a process. It was vetted by a panel about, you know, how novel it was, you know, um, you know what use cases it solved, et cetera, and then it went to kind of the next step, and then I. Met with internal, legal, you know, Qualcomm legal IP attorneys, and then then they took it outside of Qualcomm. They did a uh, you know a search to make sure there wasn't overlapping uh, you know IP in it elsewhere. I mean, it's a pretty rigorous process. And then they then you file, Like right? Then they, then Qualcomm files it.
1: Yeah, if you get a patent out of Qualcomm, it's it means something. That's it, for
2: sure. It, it, it is, yeah. It's 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 serious business, um, and so I think it's it's super impressive the amount of patents they have, and I don't know what the percentage is, and maybe you do the percentage of revenue they get from their licensing their IP. Um, obviously it's the the highest margin that they get. But... Correct.
1: It's 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 about fifty fifty. I mean, just okay. roughly speaking. So. Okay. But you know, it's the high
2: margin stuff. I mean, this it's is a
1: $20, $25 billion dollar company roughly, and they about half of that comes from licensing. And to your point though, you know, a majority of the profit comes from that licensing business. Well,
2: um, and and that in that licensing, even when there's a competitor that sells to Apple that uses, you know, the IP, uh, the intellectual property of Qualcomm in their phones or their chipsets, and they sell it to Apple or somebody else they still there still has to be a royalty paid to Qualcomm for that
1: you right? bet so 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 in the case of Apple what the way it's supposed to work is their um, ODM or you know their their contract manufacturer is the one that's actually the licensee for the Qualcomm technology so so they are responsible for the royalties that's that's typically how it works with most of the non-mobile phone manufacturers who use Qualcomm technology, they buy from a Qualcomm customer, right? That, that customer builds, you know, modules or phones or uh, computers or whatever. And, um,
2: I just find it uh, interesting. I find it interesting how much, how many things that Qualcomm created with mobile, I mean, like airplane mode, you know, um, you know lock screens. I mean, uh, you know, a app, an, an app store. Um, um, you know how m- you know mobile phones talk to a network. How they can leverage different spectrums. There's there's so many things that Qualcomm does, which is just fundamental to how mobile phones work. That everybody is leveraging. Um, it is it is it's pretty impressive. Um, what they've done and now what they've done is they've continued to invent and Cristiano talked about it like you know two decades worth right and really they've been around what they've been around 30 plus years now of this innovation mindset about developing, developing the future, developing the next phase and they were working on 5G a long time ago and helping shape what it looks like today. And so I think that's, I think that's what he's saying. Hey, we're the undisputed leaders and it makes sense. I mean, Qualcomm is invested not just time, but I mean, they invest more money in, in research and development than I think most of the U S companies out there. And that's across all sectors, right? Well, it's,
1: it's tailed off, but because of, you know, a lot of reasons that we could go into, but Generally speaking, for many, many, many years, and I worked at Qualcomm about eighteen years. uh, You were there like ten or something, right? You see, you were seven, seven, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, so the um, during that time when I was there, about a fifth of Qualcomm's revenue went back into R and D. So, you know, about twenty percent every year for a long time. Was you know in a multi-billion-dollar corporation was, re, was you know refunneled into R and D in in all these inventions that you talked about that that came out of Qualcomm that basically defined mobile, um, that that defined the way that you know CDMA leveraged CDMA and in, in For 3G in, yeah. in an incredible way they they created. The way that these networks fundamentally work. So, for so exactly, so yeah.
2: example, how much does how much does Apple invest in their R and D? I mean, is it close to Qualcomm?
1: I I don't know. You know, they're very strange. You know, in 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 Apple, though and and I only know this anecdotally. I never worked at Apple. I do have a family member there, um, but but I think Apple tends. Apple has tended to invest by setting up multiple projects that are kind of working on the same thing, but they don't know what the other ones are doing. So, you know, I I don't know, I don't I don't have you know accurate information on this. But for example, I've I've heard that there were several projects going on to make the first iPhone, or several projects going on to make the first iPod, and it's it's more or less like a bake-off. Now you could call that technically R and D right uh, the, you know th- those are big bets and investments in trying to build the next thing the next product the next tech key technology uh, qualcomm was very different though because they had a you know a very large r and d you know group a division and uh, they had a lot of autonomy uh, we had some crazy academic guys running around there doing stuff you know wearing their short shorts and sandals and you know, you saw stuff, you saw drones and things flying around, you know, 15 years ago. And you used yep. people on surfboards and all kinds of stuff was going on. But but to your point, there were some really amazing inventions that came out of all that.
2: Well, I mean, I did and, see, though, I did see some of the Apple bake-off behavior at Qualcomm. I mean, there were many different skunk work groups, Qualcomm Labs and others, you know, Oh yeah. That were doing substantially different things. I mean, when I joined, it was basically uh, real-time location systems that, w- that I was working on. There were other systems that were you that that were other groups that were building tracking people and assets through different technologies. I happened to be joining one that was, you know, using, you know, ultra wideband, right? And so they were they did do a little bit of that. Um, but I mean, they were investing and that's what I found pretty impressive because the output of this work is all these this IP and um, and I feel you know I have no financial incentive but I feel like you know, an inventor uh, deserves royalties for their for their work and um, you know, you know, we haven't really covered it in any of our podcasts, but the Apple Qualcomm dispute around IP—had Apple won that, it could have hurt the everyday inventor. Not Qualcomm. And Qualcomm, yeah, certainly that would have hurt Qualcomm, but the everyday inventor would not have been able to protect their inventions. Basically, it basically, means a bigger company could come in and steal your ideas and not pay for it and squash you in the courts. Yeah, what that's I found
1: that's it's a great point. Absolutely agree. Could could have been the end of intellectual property as we know it had Qualcomm. Why would you down invest in claims? Yeah, yeah. and that's not hyperbole. But but what was int- this is what I found was interesting all the time. Uh, because we did this with many companies. We'd we'd help companies do things at um, at Qualcomm and they would You know, one example is the Kindle. Um, You know, we helped Amazon uh, create WhisperNet. We helped them, you know, we actually built it um, on technology that we already had in place for our, uh, you know, transportation um, solution. That was Omnitracks. So a lot of it was born out of, you know, the store and forward kind of messaging uh, capabilities from that solution, you know, hosting a centralized network Downloadable objects like books in this case. So a lot of that stuff we would we would teach our, you know, customer partners, you know, help them embed a modem in their uh, in their smart book, their tablet. We we would do all those things. And what happens over time, you know, two or three years later, these companies forget how they got there. And this I think Apple was guilty of this, too. Which is, once they know how some of these things work and they've figured it out and they can do it on their own, which, which is really, which is our, uh, which is the intention of Qualcomm. They kind of, the, the, they're like, well, why am I paying for this? You know, I know how this works now. <laughs> they don't re- they don't really realize the, 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 you know, I always compare it to a musician and a composer. And, you know, I'm kind of a, a musician. I can play songs on a guitar that somebody else wrote. You know, I can learn songs and play them pretty well. But I can't write a song like, you know, Hotel California or, or, or you know, some some amazing song, right? I, I, I can't do that. So you have to give credit to that composer, the one who can invent that thing out of nothing. Um,
2: no, that's your perspective. Yeah. Like, that's you know, the, that's you can keep real singing reality. that song and getting paid to do gigs singing hotel California, but yeah. you know, the Eagles should get the, get a royalty, right?
1: Exactly. Because, because making that song, that's the magic. Yeah. So, you know, in making that, you know, cell phone work is the magic. And, 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 you know, once you, once you know the magic, yeah, you can learn it. I, I, I can play this hotel, California solo, but could I invent that? So <laughs> no. So yeah. so that's you know <clears throat> that
2: is the um, to me that is the magic of
1: of intellectual property you know when it's legitimate and
2: yeah that's a mindset I mean I think it's a mindset uh, you know that people have right I that one's frustrating but anyhow let's get back to five G um, and uh, our you know our next clip on five G.
1: All right. so these are the claims this is this is this will be an interesting one so these are the claims of what 5g is going to be this year in 2020 so check it check it out
3: frequency spectrum we also going to see the low band be converted into 5g uh, we started to see that right now on the fdd spectrum in addition to tdd spectrum that is going to happen Below 800 megahertz, and in the rest of the 4G spectrum that's being utilized today, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the transition of 4G spectrum to 5G. Dynamic spectrum sharing is going to get scale, allowing operators to basically upgrade their existing 4G network uh, to 5G, and spectrum aggregation will deliver real 5G performance in the 4g spectrum standalone mode will cause an upgrade of the 5g cores. with that we're going to see much faster networks and enable the development of private uh, 5g use cases and then
1: oh so private 5g use cases that was yeah. one of my favorite parts but um
3: so let me so, let me break
1: that down a little
2: yeah, bit. Yeah, I think yeah, break it down in layman's term because certainly Christiana was techno-speaking there.
1: Absolutely. So what he's saying, uh, this is my translation, what he's saying is that there is going to be capabilities both in the infrastructure and in the chips that are in the modems that are going to be able to aggregate the current low band 4g spectrum and use it for 5g and that means you can take that highway that's used today in 4g and they're going to be able to uh, glue those things together somehow magically and you'll be able to run 5g over over that spectrum now this is interesting because that's not what we were that's not what we were led to believe before. We were led to believe that you had to 5g was going to be required, you know to to run in millimeter wave and sort of in the mid bands like six gigahertz. Um, so what it sounds like Qualcomm has been able to do, and with their partners, is to be able to come up with technology solutions, that enable the reuse of the current 4g spectrum and getting i guess some pretty good 5g capabilities in that spectrum this will let the carriers start to gradually move uh, from 4g to 5g Uh, and gradually i say that because you know obviously the new you know millimeter wave and the new bands require new hardware and new antennas and new uh, base stations and all those kind of things, upgrades. So without doing that, in, so more in software, I think they'll be able to use the 4G um, spectrum for 5G. So that becomes, uh, you know, I think a, a great business case for for operators and it allows the handset manufacturers to move forward with these new Qualcomm chipsets
0: because yeah, they'll have,
1: have some backwards compatibility and forwards compatibility with the five you know with the 5g network that 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 is rolling out over time
2: yeah that makes a lot of sense that's a huge advantage to ease the friction into this right to accelerate it so as we talked earlier about bringing in one year this was probably largely in that effort
1: yeah and you know it's what what so what and what caught me you know and the reason I clipped that the, the end of that clip was really one of the big thing that interests me is this idea of private cellular networks and th- this is supposed to be the promise of five G is that the enterprise can build out cellular networks that are you know ultra secure ultra private. And then have all the advantages that this new 5G cellular technology brings to the table, which is very powerful. And so, so if you th- you know if you think about um, some of the applications, like very simple applications, uh, like you know you want to you want to be able to check the water usage at everyone's home or the electricity usage. Well, today what you have to do is you have to buy a modem and then you have to buy a bunch of data. From you know from a carrier or an MVNO, and you're never really going to use that data. The, the The amounts of information that that flow over these kind of IoT networks, it's incredibly small. So so it's it's really tough for for enterprises to make that work. Uh, we we were in that business, and we were, you know, we had that um, you know the two net hub, and it was. You know, it was utilizing data plans to to move data, and it's 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 just not cost effective. But what five G is going to enable is new business models in IoT. And in fact, I I, I just joined this very interesting uh, open source five uh, G initiative. Um, I'm I'm going to talk a little bit more about it later. But it's the the idea of this. Um, of this, it's, it's called Freedom 5, by the way, but it's an open source 5G network that you're going to be able to access via API. So just a simple API would let you move that data. You wouldn't have to be an MVNO. You wouldn't have to have networking infrastructure. You, you're going to be able to use the network in an open source way to create these new business models that we need for, for IOT and IOMT. So it's really, really a powerful change that's coming, um, that is going to be enabled by this, this new, um, technology. Now I'm excited about that.
2: Yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting.
1: Um, all right, let's get to the last one. Cause this is the, uh, This is Cristiano's last clip, and then I've only got two other clips. And then,
3: lastly, the transition to network virtualization, which is a big promise of 5G that will meet 5G network needs with an open, scalable, and cloud-native RAN architecture.
1: Okay, open, scalable, cloud-RAN architecture. So what does that mean? means that, and this is where Rakuten comes in, they're making a software-defined radio network in the cloud. So think about that. You're, and, and this is why their installation is so quick. So really, all they're doing in their installation of their network is slapping up some antennas. And then everything they're controlling everything in a centralized way from the cloud. So it's a very interesting way to set up a network. You know the naysayers will say this doesn't scale, and you know it. It is going to be interesting to see how this scales out. It's it's being done in Japan right now, and um, the CTO of Rakuten, you know, made some pretty uh, strong claims that you know it's it is scalable, and it and they're at scale already. Um, trying to find that. Where is his claims? uh yeah it's it's open ran it's it says you know he it said it's going to be one of japan's largest networks and it's effectively a virtual small cell um, and the way that he positioned it was it's like it's 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 like setting up a wi-fi network I thought that was kind of interesting.
2: That is interesting. Yeah. I mean, that's it, over oversimplification exactly. of it. Yeah.
1: And open ran, you know. So, yeah. um, and supposedly they're, you know, they're having their big launch, you know, early this year. So, sometime in April. And um, the CTO was, uh, I don't know if I'll pronounce this correctly, but Tariq Amin. And basically they made a huge investment in combining, you know, network and services, you know, a full virtualized cloud native network. That's how he described it. And, um, yeah, I'm very curious to see how that might work with this open API open source ran if that's a way to, um, if those things could be possibly combined. Um, very very interesting let and let's hear let's hear what he's got to say. I think I've got a good clip. Um, I, I liked his um, actually his point of view on security as well. Um, he had he had a great point about open source and this you know and the way that networks today are black boxes so we don't really know what's in them so We'll we'll get to that clip. Let's see what he has to say. Telecom
4: networks of today are very complex. No matter what the Gs are, they're very archaic on how it's approached. It has no software centricity. It is all about hardware migration as you go from one generation to the other. So in 2018, we had a choice and it's a choice. It's not just because we're Greenfield versus Brownfield. It's a game of a choice. And the choice that we had, you build a network the likes of every other network or you build a network, the likes of none. So we went into a, you know, a, a brainstorming session and says, what are the merits that defines the network of the future? And for us to.
1: So very interesting there. He's, he's basically talking about, you know, moving the network into the cloud.
3: Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah.
1: And also the open nature of it. I'll I'll play the next clip because actually I, I cut that one off too soon.
2: I, I just think the deployments are gonna be a lot faster. I think upgrading is gonna be easier now. Here's the one thing. Does it create any vulnerabilities to the network?
1: Well let's let's so that's a great question and here's the here's Tariq's answer.
2: Think that security
4: is about core. My my humble opinion to you, you are missing the entire big picture. You need to have standardized, open interfaces, open platform, complete hardware disaggregation in order to think about these networks of the future. When we talk about 5G, 5G will not live to its promise, no matter how great of a modem chip you do if the network platforms are not built properly. So the mix of.
1: So there, there he brings up the openness, the open APIs, the open scalable architecture the transparency i mean that is the probably the greatest feature of open source in my view is the security because you can look at it's not a black box and right. so if you if you're going to sit there and claim that you are secure but no one can look in the box there's just no way to prove your claim in this sense because so much of the future internet is going to be 5G, is going to be these mobile networks. I think I think the transparency is really important. Um, I think there's gonna be some, uh, let's call the incumbents who won't see it that way, <laughs> but it's still worth, it's still the promise of transparency in this space, I think is really critical. He makes a great point there.
2: Yeah, interesting. Um, yeah, the five, you know, will, you know, I'm going to throw it out to you. Will 5G live up to its promise in the near term?
1: Well, let's 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 think about that in a couple of ways. When when Qualcomm announces a new modem. Here's what has to happen. So, so first of all, it took a couple years to make that product, you know, to to design it, to tape it out, to get get it mass produced. I mean, this takes years and Brian? tens of millions. So, so when they announce, you know, X sixty or X fifty five, you know, the the latest modems, I mean, there's already been years in it. And then what has to happen is those get sampled to the companies that actually make products. And those companies then have to take that chip and the software, do their designs, do their um, software engineering and testing, and then they have to take those to the factories and, and build those things out so that they can be manufactured at scale. This takes a couple of years. usually we used to always say that uh, that was like an 18 month process and and, you know, and it can be compressed here or there, but you know, like, like earlier you mentioned how crazy it is to move something in by a whole year when you're talking about these kinds of complexities. Uh, you, you know, you're absolutely right. I don't know how they did it, but, um, you can, you can bet it was tough. And, and 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 it requires their partners to accelerate so you can see that qualcomm in in some ways in a little bit of it seems a little bit of desperation to me but they are really pushing the envelope here um, to make 5g happen as fast as they can and it seems like they have some of their partners on board i mean look at samsung the s20 and it's you know, it it's getting slammed a little bit um, because of maybe poor sales. But look at the look at what's going on in the market. So there could be some relationship there to what's going on. Um, but it's obviously a it's a beautiful device. It's it's all 5G enabled. So you know so imagine they they've they've spent you know 18 months ago they started on this at least you know or minimum 12. So, so you're talking about timelines that are being compressed, that are moving quickly. And if the promise of these small cells, you still need to backhaul, which is the tricky part. but but if these small cells can be rolled out much easier and faster, um, you can get to coverage uh, more quickly with five g um, than with the previous G's. So, I don't know. I, I feel like I see why they're uh, optimistic about pushing it faster. Um, but I also know that there's a lot of moving parts. And so, yeah, I, I feel like the consumers are not going to start to feel this. Mm, it's tough, but I think next year is more realistic to experiencing 5G. You can get your 5G phone right now, but I think experiencing these new capabilities, it's going to take a little time for all these things to come together.
2: Well, interesting that I'm kind of placing the same type of bets in, you know, like I just bought a new iPhone, right? And I'm like, ah, should I wait, you know, until they launch the new iPhone? I'm like, you know what? The first year is not going to be for me anyways. It's, you know. I'm not going to be able to leverage it, what they what they were claiming or what was being leaked that was going to be in it. Like, yeah, that's not going to satisfy me, right?
1: No, it's you know, I I, I think you're you're pragmatic. Um, Now, there are some people and there are some regions of the country where you may be able to get that experience. And, and, you know, so, some of the Qualcomm demos I thought were, were interesting. I thought the one demonstration they did of, you know, showing the four different views um, of the concert and, you know, when you, where you've got all that congestion and, you know, everybody's on their phone taking pictures and trying to video things. Um, that That's one of the problems they're um, claiming can be solved with, with 5g and 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 so there are some use cases that make sense um obviously the facebook xr vr or the wide um you know the wide view camera capabilities in the s20 these are all cool things that you're going to need the speeds and the feeds and the reliability of uh, for the consumer on you know that that 5g is going to bring when it's when it's ready, I'm I'm more curious about the business application side of it. I think that's where there's there's going to be some real interesting opportunities to, to exploit what 5G is going to be all about. You know, especially the reliability, and the latency. You know, sub-millisecond latency, reliability of you know five nines or whatever it's going to turn out to be in this next um, 3GPP release. So so those kind of things. Bring enterprise applications, healthcare applications, to the forefront. Um, having your own private network in the hospital, from a security point of view, is really interesting to me. Um, instead of you know, running your medical devices on the same network that people are on Facebook and Twitter, let's <laughs> let's isolate that network. That you know, the heart machine's on and the MRI machine is on and so forth. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, absolutely. No, they d- they definitely need to be s- separate networks. Well, I mean, definitely very educational um, and very thought-provoking um, release for Qualcomm. Obviously, they were, you know, piping the advantages of it. I think we've just talked about in the past few minutes about, you know, it's going to still take some time before all of us get to leverage it, right? But they've laid down the good tracks um, for people to start building robust solutions
1: I agree it's very you know I guess you should be bullish on Qualcomm going forward (laughs) oh you know I wanted to make one point though you know Cristiano said you know Qualcomm is the undisputed leader in 5g you know, we were there, man. We were still working there when they were when when they were on the ropes. Yep. Uh, you know, Broadcom was going to buy them. That was a hostile takeover. Uh, they they were pretty much going down in flames. And of course, you know, every, you know there was major uh, regulatory bodies that were after Qualcomm, and and there were some very big companies, you know, behind those regulatory. Um, Pushes to to basically break Qualcomm's licensing business. Yep. And you know we were there, and you know we we cannot. You know I think they're kind of missing a simple point, which was, the the you know the government, the Trump administration actually played a huge role in saving Qualcomm's skin, um, and I think. I think it was the right thing to do. Uh, I think I think five G is that important to the U.S. and its security and its um, communications infrastructure.
2: Yeah, but I, yeah, I just want to point out one thing. I, you know, I I don't know if it is just the Trump administration's you know team that would have done that. I think um, national security, from our perspective, would have driven any. You know, presidential. Oh, so you?
1: I I agree. Any any administration should have seen that and done that, but but this one did. So right, they did
2: absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think. uh, You know, the founders of of uh, Qualcomm are definitely more democratic versus Republican, and so and 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 has hosted you know many democratic fundraisers. So I'm sure, you know, Trump was necessarily a big fan, but he knows <laughs> no. that, you know, he cannot let this. Te- that's how important this technology is. That's how important this company is to U.S. national security. Right. That's and a good point. Yeah, the I, average I agree. Joe doesn't know that. And so I mean, just kind of giving you an example. If Trump is going to if his administration is going to help bail them out, it's because it's important.
1: Yeah, and I mean the you know I I think also the the secondary reason it might even be the primary reason was it was going to be China that that's really the leader in this technology. If it wasn't Qualcomm, you right. know, have MediaTek and Huawei and 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 you know they may have effectively been been the leadership of five G if Qualcomm went away. And that, that I think it's a good thing that didn't happen.
2: Yeah, I think it was largely Huawei. I think was the biggest concern. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, look, every country's got to protect their own. Um, and this was an, a case where you know, the U.S. needed to step in and did. Um, it was definitely, I mean, the 11th and a half hour that was going down, it was crazy. And it was crazy to be there and live through that. Um, yeah, I mean, so that many is... people
1: lost their jobs, so many of my friends lost their jobs, and we lost our jobs, but yeah, it <laughs> yeah. was crazy, yeah, uh, uh, very, very tough times. So, well, Jim, yeah, thanks, thanks
2: for bringing this topic up today. Um, you know, I I think this is a, a, a fun one, an educational one, and educational to me, too, even though I work there. You've got such great insight into this. Um, you know, I do, um, uh, you know want to talk about in future shows things that leverage the 5g network and one of the uh, shows i do want to talk about is um you know drone technology um and that's something that we'll do in a future show i'd
1: love to i have one more question for you though it's one thing that cristiano said that kind of struck me and i wanted to see what you think so we know that qualcomm in 3g 4g it typically had about a hundred and thirty hundred and forty licensees somewhere in there around the globe. so and this is the core part of the business. Did you hear what I heard that when Cristiano made the 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 point about the importance of of the licensing business, he used an an actual number for the number of five
2: g licenses. Eight? Was it eight?
1: I think he said five. A, that's why I'm asking you what okay. you
2: heard. I thought I heard eight, but not have to it. So, and,
1: and, and to me, that, yeah, okay, it, it could be eight or five. Whatever that number was that he said to me was incredibly small. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, I, I didn't know if he misspoke, you know, because I, I thought he said five, you know, just mixing up 5G and the number of licenses is five, you know, kind of thing. Cause, and I tried to go online and you, you can see who all the Qualcomm licensees are, but you, you you can't see what kind of license they have.
2: Yeah. So this is still early days, though. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't get. Yeah, but is, is it
1: because they're claiming, you know, you know, 45 network or 345 network operators are already on 5G and 50 device manufacturers and.
2: Yeah, but you so, remember, but remember that, I mean, they're, all, they're leveraging common ODMs, right, um, you know, manufacturers of this. That's so, a good point. So if I everybody's
1: mean, using uh, Foxconn or whoever. You exactly,
2: know, right. So I, that, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's, I wouldn't get, that's a good point. Yeah. I wouldn't hit the panic button on that. Um, you know, I mean, the number eight did seem low, but as I think about it, you know, that, that network of eight licenses a lot of people. So what that means is you've got these you know certain amount of ODMs that um, have already serving everybody. You know, serving everybody because they went they've made the investment early on five G. Remember, they've got to make the investment too and get spun up, right? It's not just taking a license, right? It's you know, putting in all the infrastructure they need, all the tooling they need to do, right? So it's a heck of well, an That's investment.
1: interesting that 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 could be a reason to be bullish on Qualcomm because if they are going to sign up a bunch more licensees, which you would think they would, I mean, that that number is, that's not the number you would expect, ultimately, for for a technology as important as 5G. And especially with these these new areas opening up, like compute and IoT and manufacturing and automotive and drones, et cetera, et cetera, you would think that the, you know, you, you could be bullish on that licensing model, actually.
2: Yeah. Very possibly.
1: I don't know. Well, I know it's late for you. I know usually you're in bed by nine. So, yes, yes. Um. <laughs> so, I guess we're going to call it a night. But th- that was really a good conversation, Ben. Yeah, no, uh, thanks,
2: Jim. I always, always enjoy, I always learn something from you.
1: <laughs> um, likewise. And uh, look forward. Th- okay, the next show is going to be live at Hymns
2: live in hymns on the floor on the floor that's if you can hear me over the crowd so let's see what we can do there's definitely gonna be a hymns show all right right, take take care
0: all right we are going to stop recording now With marble squares leaking up their lollipops. No one ever interrupts. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares. Playing with their teddy bears, talking about the rising fairs. Forty-seven millionaires on a ship with marble squares. Whistling to the favorite song. Dancing, laughing all night long. On a ship with marble squares Praying to the morning sun Talking with Squares, there was a wave that killed them all, and now the lollipops are gone. 47 47- You free. Tell me how can it be that money can set you? Tell me how can it be that money can set you free? Tell me how can it be that money can set you? Money can set you free. I'd love to be a millionaire. I wish I had a gold mirror, and I would waste my precious time.